Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. In Chicago, a robber is finally caught after netting nearly $268,000 in a series of bank heists. In California, a man is arrested after the decapitation of a relative. And in New Hampshire, a wedding turns violent and leads to the shooting of the bride and bishop. These stories and more coming at you today, Wednesday, November 8th, on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Hey, what's guys. Up? Hump day. Hump well, day. it's a hump day show hump that day we're show. recording on Tuesday, which happens to be election day in many places across the country. Uh, Did you guys know that? It's not no. here. It's not here. Cause uh, I don't understand do you, Louisiana elections and when yeah. they occur. It was, uh, But you have a Kentucky governor's race. You have a Mississippi governor's race. I didn't know that one of those guys running for governor in Mississippi is a relative of Elvis. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's a, somebody Presley. Uh, you got a uh, big race in Virginia for the state houses. You've got uh, marijuana and abortion on the uh, table in Ohio. So you got a lot of big election stuff. So if you're in one of those states, make sure you get out there. Use your constitutional right to vote today. Yeah, and I do want to apologize for oversleeping today y'all i I do that once every you didn't have to rush in in your your teddy bear onesie you could have changed before coming in you could have not come in in your speedo yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> well, well, I, wanted, well, I wanted to make ne- sure I didn't leave y'all waiting. He sleeps naked, doesn't he? <laughs> I do, actually. Well, did you, you? Both of you guys sleep naked? Yeah, man, I, that's look, so yeah. I don't want nothing, you know. I'd be, I stay naked all day long. If I, could. Yeah, I got three dogs in the bed. I'm a, if I tried to do that, I might be missing something. And my thing is a Vienna sausage shit in there, Mike. Well, yes. <laughs> Sorry, right. I almost dropped my mic there. And it is officially anniversary day, although we already celebrated our anniversary. Oh, well, happy anniversary. Me and Miss Jerry. Yes, happy 25. anniversary to you, too. Well, let's get into some crime time for Wednesday. All right, and we're going to go to Chicago first. And a Chicago man who was on parole... When he participated in the armed robbery of two BMO Harris Banks. Harris Banks? Yeah. Have you heard of those? Uh-uh. BMO Harris Banks in DuPage County last summer has been charged. Well, I thought you had said Harris Banks. You said Harris Banks? I thought he was robbing the Kardashians. He said <laughs> <laughs> he got more money. Kenneth Eggleson, 30, made his first court appearance uh, where he faces 14 felonies. 14. Prosecutors said on the morning of July 19th, two mass armed men entered the BMO Harris Bank. Harris Bank, and, and once inside, the men ordered everyone to lay on the floor before taking two bank employees at gunpoint to the vault and ordered them to open. I guarantee you that wasn't. Lori Johnson's bank right no, there, brother. Negative. The robbers took around $95,000 in cash from the vault before leaving the scene in a car that was reported stolen. Two days later, they entered a different BMO Harris Bank in the Chicago area and ordered bank employees and customers to lay on the floor. One of the suspects then jumped over the counter and ordered the tellers to open their cash drawers and put money into a garbage bag. Reminds me of Point Blank. Right. You remember mm-hmm. that? Once the drawers were empty, one point, of the robbers point, point, point break. break. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Point, point blank. blank yeah. Well, it reminds me of that too. Once <laughs> there <laughs> once, was a gross point blank. Okay, there you go. Once the drawers were empty, one of the robbers took an employee to the vault at gunpoint, demanded they put more cash into a garbage bag. The suspects fled that bank with approximately a hundred and seventy two thousand dollars. Wow. Look, that's huge. That's like a score, right? Uh, about a week later, so they're getting now they're liking it. Yeah, they're making money. They're making money and they're liking BMO Harris Bank. So a week later, the two men approached a security guard at the entrance of yet another BMO Harris Bank while armed with guns. The robbers ordered the guard to open the bank at gunpoint, but he said, I ain't done it. Mm. Must have been Woody Overton right. guarding that, but I ain't doing it. Right. So he refused, and after the guard denied them entry, they fled the scene. They didn't mm. shoot him or nothing. Right. Uh, in a stolen red Infinity Q50, which authorities said matched the description of the getaway car used in the other two robberies. Within an hour of that most recent attempted robbery I just told you about, a Chicago police helicopter was called in to track the Infinity after a police officer spotted the sedan speeding on the interstate. The helicopter followed the car throughout Chicago, where police found Eggleston standing in front of the Affinity with a backpack in his hand. Eggleston dropped the backpack, and he tried to run, but was taken into custody. Uh, Eggleston, who was a convicted felon and was on parole for a weapons offense at the time of the bank robberies, had two active arrest warrants for possession of a stolen vehicle and aggravated fleeing. 
Eggleston is scheduled to be arraigned during his next scheduled court appearance, and they uh, they are searching for the other individual who was involved. Wow. They haven't named it. Crazy. Red, red is not a good color selection for a getaway car. No, I, I wouldn't, and especially a Q. You know, I mean, they weren't in a, a Chevette. I heard, yeah. I, heard <laughs> I heard somewhere in my police career that red cars uh, get stopped more for speeding than any other. I've heard that car. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Flashy, I guess. They're also yeah, easiest so. to see if you're airborne. I mean, you're going right. to pick that out in a sea of white and black cars. I wonder if if bright yellow Hummers are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you, if you start robbing banks with that, you're golden. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, never right. going to figure that they out. They never well, figure that one out. Let's take you to a new one about some kind of not – Bank robbers, but very interesting. So new traffic camera video shows just how fast a Porsche driven by Chinese nationalists was traveling as a deadly car accident unfolded in Bellevue, Washington in October. The driver responsible lived, but the passenger wasn't so fortunate. Now the driver has fled the country. Look, this happened to me. I had a case in Baton Rouge, uh, a Saudi national uh, woke his roommate up. Well, wasn't his roommate. They used to be roommates college up in, in uh, North Louisiana. And Saudi National came down to stay with this guy who had a, had a good job. Anyway, he was sleeping on his couch. He came in and woke him up late Sunday night and said, hey, man, I need you to come help me get my car off the levee. And so he, he, being a good friend for, and fraternity brother, and he, he drove him and he said he got to the levee and he said, car was way up on the levee and there was shit all over the road and everything. He was like, bro, fuck you. Then when he said, I got to go to work in the morning, went back, long story short, saw the national hops a private jet, his daddy's jet the next morning. And turns out there was a dead body. Bro, Saudi's got money on top of money. So anyway, so on y'all that this driver also fled the country and the skid marks are still visible on the roadway today on the corner of flowers and memory, memory of the man who died. And footage of the Porsche right before it crashed looks like something straight out of an action film. You can see a white car zipping through um, 112 Avenue in southeast, uh, southeast in Bellevue. The driver maintains lane position until it starts to curve towards uh, um, State Road 520 entrance. The car skids on its side at least 300 feet, clips the concrete wall, flies over the pond by the freeway entrance and tumbles into the brush. The driver, 26-year-old Ting Ye, was in a 2020 Porsche 911. Ye's passenger, 27-year-old Yabu Lu, died in the front seat. Now, the speed limit there is 35 miles per hour, said Officer Seth Tyler. Um, Police said they believe Ye was driving almost 100 miles an hour. And when paramedics... Got yeah out of the car. Crew smelled alcohol on her and ordered for blood sample at the hospital. Then they took her to the medical center for treatment, and they said our, our our expectation was that she would be there for several days, and that's why we didn't have an officer with her. The Bellevue police went back a few days later to talk to her, but she declined. The officers worked with the King County's prosecutor office to follow a warrant for her arrest, and they naturally. What they say, while that was in process, she left Harborview Hospital and contacted an acquaintance who drove her to Vancouver, Canada, and she unfortunately got on a flight to China. Bellevue police said it's unclear how Ye left Harborview. Police said they were working with feds to get her back in the state of Washington to face the consequence of her deadly actions. Good, Good luck. luck. Right? This is never going to happen. 
Um, this matter is never going to go away, Officer Tyler said. We are in contact with our embassy in Beijing. We look, we're looking for other options for prosecution, and it's unlikely Chinese authorities would agree to turn Ye over to police here because China does not have an extradition treaty with us. In Bellevue, police requested for Ye to have a $2 million bail at a first court appearance in October, uh, but magically she did not appear, and there's a warrant for her arrest. Yeah, I saw the the video, and she must have been pretty hammered. I don't know which because yeah, I don't know why she couldn't navigate that. You got you know, Porsche nine eleven. I mean, yeah, brand new one. I mean, lost you're, control, right? And then, um, uh, clipped the wall. Flip. Well, and the way the skid is, she fishtailed. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know, but it's. I'm shocked that she survived because you see it basically just. It, right. Goes yeah. flying off the road. Well, they say when you're drunk that uh, your body's more relaxed when you get in crashes like mm-hmm. that, and you're more likely to survive. That might, uh, that might be what did it, but probably not going to get her back on U.S. soil. Nope, not going to happen. I'm going to assume this is not the yay that's the artist formerly known as. No, no, this is a different yay. This is a different yay. Okay. No, you know, I'm I'm figuring that they're going to start discounting those uh, uh, Yeezy. Because I, I, I don't know if you've ever worn a pair of Yeezys. Uh-uh. They might be the most comfortable thing I've ever really? put on my feet. I don't, I don't. Those are those shoes that they look like moon boots or something. Well, there's all kinds of different designs no, and styles. But when my crazy uh, when my son, you know, in in California, all these kids that are playing basketball, they're all constantly wheeling and dealing with each other on on shoes, and his feet were the same size as mine when he was like 14. And so I, uh, I tried on a pair of those and, but they were a fortune. Now they're probably discount. I'm sorry. I, I don't bad tangent on Yeezys. That was Jim's fault. <laughs> sorry about that. Let's go. Well, we're going to go to Connecticut and then we're going to go to Australia from Connecticut because I got a double dose of magic mushrooms <laughs> for you guys. Magic mushrooms. Police in Connecticut shut down an alleged psilocybin mushroom factory with $8.5 million worth of psychedelic mushrooms inside this guy's house. Investigators lined up hundreds of white baggies full of shrooms in several quadrants along the front yard of this Burlington, Connecticut home. The bust came from a tip delivered to the DEA's Hartford Task Force on Thursday morning. The suspect is a 21-year-old named Weston Sewell. He allegedly turned his home into a drug factory. Sewell initially denied that the mushrooms he was growing were illegal, according to the police. When the police asked if they could search the home, which had clearly visible ventilation equipment resembling that used in other drug factories, Sewell said no. Police returned later that day with a search warrant which I guess was faster than Sewell anticipated them coming back because police uncovered a factory teeming with mushrooms at various stages of growth with an estimated street value of eight and a half million dollars. Wow. That's when uh, police say Sewell recalled that the mushrooms were in fact psilocybin, which is considered a schedule one controlled substance, which is not permitted for medical use and can easily be abused. The Connecticut state police processed and charged Sewell later that day with possession with intent to sell, distribute narcotics and operation of a drug factory. At least Sewell wasn't growing poison mushrooms. 
And I bring some good news from down under in the world of poison mushroom murderers. I like that. I don't know if you guys saw this over the weekend, but Shrub on the Bobby. Authorities in Australia announced that our Australian beef Wellington chef, the 49 oh, year old Aaron Patterson, has been charged with murder following the killer lunch she served for her former in laws and her sister. Patterson has been charged with three counts of murder and five counts of attempted murder, according to Victoria police. Patterson had denied wrongdoing, saying, quote, I'm devastated. I love them. I can't believe that this has happened. And I'm so sorry. She complained about constant harassment from the media and the unfair impact it was having on her children. She played victim, victim, victim since the incident. And it was actually, uh, I was actually concerned, we talked about this at the time, that the Aussies weren't going to have enough evidence to arrest her because the mixer she used was magically gone. Right. Um, the She couldn't remember what stores she had bought her mushrooms at. But uh, you may have noticed that I said five counts of attempted murder when going over her charges. And that's because Victoria Police have apparently linked Patterson to three additional attempted murders involving separate incidents in Victoria between 21 and 22. So she was... She was cooking up mushrooms for right, lots of folks. A cereal, um, mushroom cooker. Uh, these charges, <laughs> these charges include a 48-year-old man who fell ill from a meal during that period. Police affirmed that they believe the victims all consumed Amanita phalloids, otherwise known as death cap mushrooms, which are among the most lethal shrooms for humans. Patterson was arrested Thursday morning following a police search at her home. That's according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Detective Inspector Dean Thomas said in a press statement Thursday when the charges against Patterson were announced, quote, over the last three months, this investigation has been subjected to incredibly intense levels of public scrutiny and curiosity. I cannot think of another investigation that has generated this level of media and public interest, not only here in Victoria, but also nationally and internationally. That's because we didn't think you were going to arrest her. Right. And you did. So congrats. Glad we finally got I feel got like it. I'm on Magic Mushrooms right. now after that story. Thank you, Michael. I like your mushroom stories. I'm going to tell you. Uh, you know the ones that – Well, should make, we separate vegetables making... and each of us have a <laughs> I want asparagus. Yeah. You, I thought – you don't want cucumbers? I figured you were the cucumber. I do like cucumbers. Well, cucumbers too. Carrot? Um, Who's the carrot? What do you do I put carrot? carrots in, the, in my red beans. Hey, they're good for your oh. sight. You have a bent carrot, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those ads on TV? Uh-uh. There's a, something that treat. That I guess some guys have a bent carrot, and somebody got yeah. a little curve to it. And there's <laughs> no, but not like a small little slight angular yeah, thing. Yeah, but that, this that is happens. a this that, is like a right angle thing. Uh, and not, right. not, I know what you're talking about, and it's not necessarily a right angle. Some of them are bent straight the fuck up, but it's caused either by damage or plaque buildup in the penis. And I know this if you listen. I can't remember the name of the story. The dude right. This little baby, uh, he had taken Polaroids of it, and his dick. Oh, I think I kind of named it Hook. His dick. Yeah, his dick yeah. Was, That's was a great episode. Yeah, well, there's episode. a there's a drug that treats that now, and they they call it bent carrot. Just to y'all go check that out. Hook on real life, real crime yeah, original, uh, which drops on Tuesday. Tuesdays. Don't forget it. Uh, all right, so. The next story I'm going to give you, I thought this was a great idea. And look, we love, love, love. Our, obviously, we bleed uh, the thin blue line around here. Right. Love but job. sometimes the police may, 
you know, not, like, not have a sense of humor, yeah, okay. I guess you could right. say. Yeah. And, and this is one of those cases. I'm going to take you to DeSoto County, Florida, and the DeSoto County, Florida Sheriff's Office says it's located a Chevy Silverado with red and blue lights that they said was impersonating yeah, law enforcement. It's a no-no. Now, it is, but let me get to the meat of this story, no pun intended. The DeSoto County, Florida Sheriff's Office did locate that Chevy Silverado uh, with those red and blue lights, and the booty patrol truck had apparently been roaming around DeSoto County and neighboring areas north of Fort Myers. That's right. The sheriff's office uh, posted on Facebook asking for help. They were met with absolutely no help at all. Com- comments instead piled jokes on the department's page with one saying, good Lord, man, y'all need to find better leads. Another added, he hadn't pulled anyone over, and if he did, I'd rather give my money to him. Uh. Someone in the comments claimed that they were old pictures and the sheriff's office might have just been looking for evidence uh, to tie a suspect to the truck so he or she could be arrested. But one commenter probably spoke for most when he simply said, legendary. (laughs) The sheriff's office posted an update saying officers had found the driver and issued a citation. And we're going to post the booty patrol truck on our Facebook yeah. page. But essentially, that. y'all, it's it's just a Chevy Silverado with with boy. booty patrol on the back. And apparently this guy, you know, he he turned his lights on when you had right. a nice booty, I guess. Right. And, I guess so. And uh, just having a little fun, but you can't run with them blue lights, can't bro. Can't have those lights. That's it. That's that it. shit is illegal. That's it. So just, we're going to post that on Facebook. Me of another story telling RRC original. This guy's person, a cop, and I won't tell you the rest of it, um, but he's no longer with us. Booty patrol. The, so, okay, look, you know, I, I told y'all I'm a, um, what do you call it? I'm an ordained minister. Yes. Right? right? I knew that. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't this ordained minister. Listen to this story. So, there, there was the bishop in the story was pronouncing Claire McMullen and Mark Castelloni, husband and wife, when. Shots rang out with one bullet hitting the bride in the arm and another piercing the Bishop Stanley choke in the chest. But the October 2019 shooting wasn't the first involving the New England Pentecostal Ministries in Pelham, New Hampshire. Uh, uh, just 11 days earlier, the church pastor, Louis Garcia, was fatally shot inside his home in a case that prosecutors told a jury at the start of the trial yesterday was connected to the nuptial gunfire. With just a few shots, Prosecutor Seth Dobieski said in open statements, the defendant turned marriage into mayhem, which pretty much goes there anyway, but not like this. Pelham Police Chief Joseph Rourke said the shooting did not seem to be a random event, and Dale Holloway, the stepson of Pastor Garcia, who was murdered 11 days earlier, was arrested in connection with the shooting after being tackled to the ground by wedding guests who kept him pinned down until the cops arrived. The groom's son, Brandon Castelloni, had been arrested before the wedding and charged with murdering Pastor Garcia. The plot thickens. This August, he was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 42 years for the pastor's killing, and the son attended the church, but police never found a motive for the pastor's murder. The jury watched the couple's wedding video Wednesday, and the wedding's videographer testified. Claiming Holloway was the shooter, wedding videographer uh, James Murdoch 
merchant, explaining how Holloway pointed the gun at the bishop's upper left chest. I feared for my life, merchant said. And during the mayhem, the groom was struck in the head by an object, and the wedding couple, both in their 60s, wow, getting married in the 60s, shame on them, were taken to a local <laughs> hospital and they didn't learn, were taken to a local hospital and treated for their injuries. And the 75 year old bishop, who was in serious condition uh, at Tufts Medical Center in Boston, hours after performing the ceremony, also survived his injuries. Wow. I don't really understand anything. I just. Well, it's completely. What's the motive? So I don't understand it. Maybe so, he's got a hard on for priest or something. I don't know. Well, but no, but you have. It's a revenge story. Yeah, I still don't understand it. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, not. That's not well, necessary. Why is he shooting all the different priests? No, no, no. It's we have two different shooters here. Oh, okay. You have two different. So, so uh, just eleven days earlier. So the the. The original church pastor, this guy Luis Garcia, was fatally shot, right? right? In a case, uh, uh, you know, back in back in July. Well, it's Garcia's stepson Dale Holloway who comes and commits she, the second crime at the at the wedding yeah. of the seventy year olds or yeah, sixty year olds. Retaliation. So it's yeah, it's some kind Garcia. of revenge thing, but yeah. the. Police don't seem to really understand the motive yeah. in the case that drove the, that drove the first part. I'm, uh, I agree with him. I don't, I don't understand. The you motive. don't get it. Well, don't you weren't it. investigating it for months. That's true. Woody, yeah, Woody Overton would have figured out the motive. And what, what, what police are we talking about? We're talking hell, about Boston police. So. Who the hell gets married in their 60s? Well, I mean, plenty of people. Really? Love, love knows. My no buddy age. is engaged right now at 61. Wow. I can tell him what causes that. <laughs> she's 27 i think oh lord she That's might exactly be, what she might that. she they might said be, this couple was both in the 60s so she might no be 28 chance. or 29 i don't know sorry kenny anyway he's not sorry though <laughs> no kenny's loving it well you're not gonna believe this guys but consumers are alleging abuse Buy a Big Mac inside of McDonald's. Mm. Really? Do you yeah, guys remember two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun? You remember nope. those? Do you, do you ever use the McDonald's app? No. I used it for the second time this morning. Ordered ahead, pulled into the parking spot, number five, and it took the motherfuckers 15 minutes to bring out. After you pre-ordered? Yeah. And and the last time I used it was when I drove in last week, and it didn't take them a second. I'm sitting there watching all these people coming through, coming through, coming through. And they give you all kinds of discounts and shit. But uh, I hate to eat fast food. Sometimes I have to do it. And finally, I reach my head out the window, and the girl's taking the money. And somebody else says, hey. So I've been sitting here 15 fucking minutes. And and then they brought my food out. Mm. Or actually, it's just egg McMuffin and my coffee. Wow. Well, be glad you weren't ordering a Big Mac combo meal in Connecticut because McDonald's is facing intense backlash from its customers after a store in Connecticut charged $18 for a Big Mac combo it is, meal. It is so fucking stupid how, how expensive. $18 for a Big Mac combo. That's the same one that costs you 14 in Louisiana now. It's just stupid how outrageous these prices are. You know what a Big Mac's? Quarter pounders called in Amsterdam. 
The Royale with cheese. cheese. You know yeah. why? I don't know. My name's Pennsylvania. <laughs> see metric that system. Metric, that's right, the metric, metric system. system. They don't know what a quarter pounder is. Right. <laughs> Sorry. The, no, 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 no. They, so uh, the Big Mac combo meal includes a Big Mac, medium fries, and a medium soft drink. McDonald's CFO Ian Borden confirmed in an earnings call with investors that by the end of this year, the price of menu items at McDonald's will have increased by 10% since the start this. of the year. Sorry. There was a similar increase in 2022, McDonald's net income rose from 1.9 billion last year to 2.3 billion this year, and almost all of that increase can be attributed to the overall 8.1 percent price. They're also charging increase. their franchises more. Well, it uh, it all flows through, right, and and ends up hitting the consumer. So, with these expensive new prices, many customers are saying it's just not worth it anymore. In a viral Reddit thread in which one user asked, quote, what is no longer worth it because of how expensive it has become? The top answer is, quote, most fast food with angry McDonald's customers making up the majority of the replies. A, quote, value meal at McDonald's now costs just as much as a meal at a lot of sit-down restaurants. Um, It's insane, one user wrote. Except for sit-down restaurants, I get to drink. Yeah. (laughs) So it always costs me more there. But a a quick scan of DoorDash looking at fast food options in my area showed that a McDonald's Big Mac combo meal was thirteen thirty four. Yeah. That, a, that's four taxes and shit. Well, burger, but that's their DoorDash. Do they jack it up? Mm, I've said this. No, no, that doesn't include any of the uh, DoorDash that charges or anything. Like I got that. Or the tip. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, so burger King's Whopper meal, meal, the closest one to me was eleven sixty nine. It's actually not bad considering yeah, who, Wendy's uh, Baconator combo was fifteen dollars and twelve cents. It's ridiculous. And a Shake Shack Shackmeister meal was sixteen eighty eight. Yeah. So we know the cost of labor has increased. We know that the cost of ingredients has increased, and so it makes sense that mm. to maintain profits, right. prices would need to increase proportionally with McDonald's expense increases. But on March 20th, listen to this, 2020, at the height of the pandemic. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well. Have you tried Astapro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. 
Do you guys know what May 12th is? Sunday, May 12th? Mama's Day. That would be correct. It's Mother's Day. So let me ask you, do you basically get your mom the same gift every year for Mother's Day? Maybe some flowers, some chocolates, Mm -hmm. maybe a robe or a framed photo. Boring stuff, right? Right. Well, let me tell you about something that's totally cool and different for Mother's Day that will never wilt, spoil, or put an extra 10 pounds around her waist. I'm talking about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty unique. Cool, right? Right. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. Your mom can either type a response to the email or she can record her voice if she prefers to do that or she can do both. And mylifeinabook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book as well as an audio book. And if you want, and she's up to the task technically, you know, the audio book is a great extra thing to be able to do. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your future generations can treasure. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is kind of your chance to give her a way to share them. Every family is a little bit different. And in my family, we love to give each other a really hard time. So I've taken the approach in doing this of asking my mom to comment on some of those family moments that might be a bit embarrassing to other family members. Last week, my question was, mom, did you feel guilty that day you hit me over the head with your wooden clog and dad had to take me to the hospital for eight stitches? (laughs) Mom's response, back in the day, I was the disciplinarian of the house, and when you were eight years old, you refused to get out of Nancy's, that's my sister's, plastic kiddie pool. I told you 10 times to get out of the damn pool. You didn't listen, so I chased you around the yard, and when you slipped, I nailed you right on the head. That was the last time you got in that kiddie pool. Of course, Dad had to lie to the ER and tell him that uh, that you fell on your head, but I nailed you good. The entire process with my life in a book is simple. And in the end, mom will have a great keepsake that can remain in your family for generations. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC for 10% off today. Donald's stock was at $148.49 a share. On Monday, when I wrote this story... It was at $268.60 a share, an 81% increase since the pandemic. Yeah, Yeah. they're going to get butt hurt. McDonald's did over $25 billion in gross sales in fiscal 23, which was a 7.5% increase over 2022 without selling any more burgers. They actually sold less burgers, less fries, less Cokes, less everything than they sold the year before, but- their revenue was up seven and a half percent. That is a crime. That is a crime. That is you a smart what, CEO. You know what else is a crime? I'll when say you that. order that large fry or you make your meal large, you get the large fry, that motherfucker's halfway full. Well, and and let me tell you some of the problem is and and make yes, you're right. Make make no mistake about it. Uh 
you know, when you want to raise minimum wages and you want to yeah, do all those yeah, things, those are great, but it's always going to get passed to the consumer. The The company is not going to eat that expense. Right. They're just right. going to mark up whatever it is they're selling to compensate for the raise and say and, minimum wage. And I would so, tell you what Cindy to keep has mind. always said throughout our marriage is if I don't kill it, catch it, or clean it, we don't eat it. And unfortunately, so, last four five months I've been having to eat some fast food and it sucks. Yeah. And the prices are really stupid. Well, and some like of these, some of these moves, day. as yeah. Jim was saying, some of these moves on the minimum wage have uh, put these companies in a position where they're really looking at AI oh, to eliminate, to eliminate headcount. And let's face it, I, to cook the perfect the, McMuffin or cook the perfect there's uh, there's thing. A patty for a quarter pounder. Yeah. It's wait, wait, it's wait, not this, something that has the, to have a human. It seems like we're bashing on McDonald's lately. We talked about the coffee spill and all that last week in, in this, but I, I already read an article where they're rolling out AI in their restaurants as test trial to cut out the employees. Really? Yep. No wow. shit. So. It's coming. All right, so we're going to bring you to uh, Mike's former state of California. And we're going to tell you, you know, we brought you a lot of stories lately where they've had these attacks just in restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, middle of the day, and some really tragic week, stuff yeah. out there. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give you another one right here. Officers fatally shot a knife wielding man on the patio of a popular Southern California restaurant after pursuing him from the scene of a nearby machete attack. Nice. None of the customers inside the Sagebrush Cantina. Cantina in Calabasas. Sagebrush Cantina. Ah, been there many times. Nobody with a machete when I was there. Thank goodness. You might want to watch out going back. None of the customers were hurt in the incident, and the victim of the machete attack was not seriously injured. This from the LAPD. Officers responded to a report of an assault by someone armed with a machete. Guess where, Woody? Outside of a McDonald's. The victim had, had the victim had been able to disarm the machete wielding assailant, but the attacker then armed himself with just a regular knife. Right. Uh, the officer saw the suspect running away and followed him down the road. The suspect was in a parking lot holding the knife in one hand and a glass bottle in the other. When officers twice discharged tasers, but he continued into the restaurant's patio area and was shot after he turned and faced officers while still armed. The man was given first aid and then was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. Police only described him as being in his 50s. Police said the machete and knife were recovered from the crime scenes. And look, you ta- I got to suspect he might have been on something because you taser somebody twice and it doesn't phase them. Yeah. Yeah, I maybe mean, they're on yeah. some something. A, I mean, you're definitely you, crazy. You machete, bring a machete and, out yeah. uh, in a public place that, like, I don't know where Calabasas is or whatever the fuck, but in the jungle, and you bring a machete, you mean to do you harm? Well, and this is a problem. Seems to be almost unique to L.A. at this point, where a lot of the crime is taking place in some of the nicest suburbs Shit, like a lot of those smash and grabs or yep. beverly hills or yep. uh or you know really nice you areas why? calabasas is it's actually pretty far out away from the city but it's a really nice uh uh area where uh, you've had a lot of it's where the uh, the kardashians were forever where spielberg's out there i mean a lot of people are 
uh, are out there. There's, you know, multi, hey, multi-million you, dollar homes. You know, if I was a criminal, I wouldn't rob. You go where the money is. Yeah, you can write. But usually that's smart. where the cops are, right? <laughs> no. It's, well, in yeah. L.A., I'll tell you that much. That's yeah. where the, yeah, the, the cops safeguard those, those areas, the people with the money, and they let the shit go on everywhere else, well, unfortunately. But that's what they do. I don't know, boys. I don't know. Speaking of knives and shit, listen to this one. In California, a California man was arrested on Saturday morning after police say he killed a female relative by, well, he decapitated her, and then he took her head. Oh, my God. Right. On Saturday, Santa Rosa police announced 24-year-old Luis Ario Lopez was taken into custody in San Fran. The arrest came less than two days after police responded to a call about a decapitated woman in, um, on, in Pomo Trail in Santa Rosa. In a Facebook post, they wrote that Ario Lopez was a suspect in the killing following an initial investigation by the Violent Crimes Investigation Team. According to the department, the suspect, who police noted was related to the victim, is believed to have taken her head with them when he left the residence, and he may still be in possession of it. Interesting. Oh they said, we do not have details regarding his arrest at this time. I remember that because you don't have him. The SRPD Violent Crimes Investigation Detectives are still actively investigating this case, and additional information will be shared at a later time. And that's what an update from the Santa Rosa Police Department read. San Fran police officers at the Trans Bay Terminal spotted someone matching the description of the homicide suspect in Santa Rosa on Saturday. Police also noted that Aria Lopez had recently been released from state prison and was on post-release community supervision, right? Let him out. He had been incarcerated for assault with a deadly weapon and weapons possession charges unrelated to the victim in this incident. Some Sonoma County Alliance Community Engagement and Safety Rewards Fund was offering a reward of $2,500 for information leading to the arrest in the case. Um, evidently, Ario Lopez was booked at the main adult detention facility shortly after 11 p.m. PM on Saturday night. Ario Lopez is 23 years old, faces two charges, one count of felony seemingly in relation to his post-release supervision and one count of PC-187, which I can already tell you that is murder. 187 on the MF cop. Remember that? Yep. Um, 187. He's got no bail. What my gun in your mouth? Didn't say where the head is. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, what? so what of the decapitated? Uh... They need to go check his trophy case in his man cave. Oh Man, we've been doing a lot. You know, people just decapitate you like yeah. it ain't nothing yeah, these days. Yeah. Now they do it unless you've seen Horrible. it. I've seen it. It's not a pretty sight. Mm. Okay, let's go to Florida. Sunny Florida. No, but I've got a, well, I can't tell you yet. All right. Pinellas will be involved in this episode. I'm I sure. promise. I'm sure. Pinellas County. A Florida man has two police officers to thank for saving his life after they lifted a car off of him. This could have been a Jim Hero cop uh, piece. Should she, have been. Well, Sorry. Well, Should have been. If you hadn't stole mine, you dumb <laughs> criminals. <I'm> a, <laughs> Cape Coral police said officers were called just before 6 p.m. Monday for a man trapped under his car. When the police arrived, they determined the jack 
that the man used to hold up the car while he worked underneath it failed, causing the vehicle to fall on him. That can't Mm. feel good. Mm -hmm. Urgency can be heard in a video shared to Cape Coral Police Department's uh, Instagram page as an officer rushes up and is seen in body cam footage placing his hands under the wheel well of the red car. He lifts it and shouts, somebody pull him out. Carlos Romero uh, said that he was helping his father-in-law replace the transmission at the time of the jack failure and that he tried to lift the vehicle on his own but could not. Quote, he has a pulse, Romero can be heard saying in the video after his father-in-law was pulled out from under the car. The man was taken to a hospital with serious injuries but is now back at home, according to police. An incident report obtained by the Fort Myers News Press said that the man suffered multiple rib fractures. The police department credited Officer Briggs and Officer Klakowicz for rescuing the man. Uh, Through the officer's quick response times and high levels of physical fitness, they saved this man's life, the department said in a social media post. Way to go, Florida cops. Yeah. At least I'm going to come back and test him for steroids because he picked up the (laughs) car when the other dude couldn't. That is. Have you ever found there's there's truth to the uh, adrenaline flowing super strength? Absolutely. uh, um, Witness some weird shit, and I have to think about it, but. Oh, I, I know that's a fact, but the adrenaline dump and giving people superhero strength, especially when it's their loved ones involved. So that mean the person that is being saved is always saved. They'd be dead. Tiffany. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. All right. It is a mile high mile crime high. for Wednesday. Mile high crime. Mm-hmm. Now, a woman was charged last Thursday after police say she drove onto a restricted property at the airport. The St. Louis County Prosecuting this, Attorney's General. It's happening all the time. Just, we just had uh, a story about this. Like, remember, like it's the middle of a freeway. Coast Guard bicycle. You remember that? Yes. Tricycle. Well, the, this 54-year-old woman uh, wanted to follow suit, and she has been charged with first-degree property damage, resisting arrest for a felony, and first-degree trespassing. The St. Louis County Police Department arrested that woman after she drove her car into a restricted area. Uh, at around 1 p.m., officers arrived and watched the woman drive that minivan onto the taxiway. The freaking right. taxiway, Right. 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 Uh, After turning on emergency equipment, police pursued the woman and tried to pull her over, but she refused to stop. So can you imagine this? If you're at the airport, you know how they have the big windows and you're like, what the heck? Minivan flying (laughs) and officers in pursuit. Airport staff and police tried to block the minivan. Police said when the woman would stop the car, police would approach the car and she'd threaten to kill the police officer. Yeah. Not I funny. Bet that didn't work out for her. Police also said the woman refused to follow commands given by police. She eventually drove off the taxiway near the south runway, running the minivan into a police car. Mm-hmm. Police arrested the woman, obviously, and she is being held on a $50,000 crazy. Let me tell you something. Uh, I went to the academy and graduated from LSU. Uh, one of the guys that... I had to do PT with every morning. We had like we did setups and shit. You had to hold each other's feet. He was in um, uh, Baton Rouge. I think he might still be there. A Baton Rouge airport cop. They so the airports have their own police departments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
you better believe they just wait for the day somebody does something stupid like that. Oh, yeah. Like, it's fucking on. It's like Smokey and the Bandit shit. Oh, it's like, yeah, you just made my whole career. And look, yeah. you've got tons of room on a, on a, oh, yeah. on a, yeah. oh, you go run airport yeah. taxiway. Yeah. So that, you know, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Hump day kinkies are always the best. Kinky crime. So good to have our sound effects Wednesday. back. I agree. I agree. So y'all, you know, when you cop, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that out. Because <laughs> that was probably not good things. Swim might talk about that Swim one day, someone who isn't me. But anyway, they take you to kinky crimes for Wednesday. And so they, they had police had body camera footage, which shows a drunk Stripper. Yeah, I think that's probably not politically correct. They should call her pole acrobatic or something like that. Exotic dancer. Exotic dancer, yeah. And now, for you listeners out there, I already know what you're asking. She was not from the landing strip in Detroit. It's so <laughs> a different stripper. So, but anyway, the, we need to get compensated from the land. They're throwing no, out a lot of free Penel- plugs Penel- to the- Pinellas County and the landing strip. A lot of plugs for the landing so, strip. The body camera footage shows and the pink nipple guy or whatever his name is. Mr. Set, Skin. Mr. Skin. The body camera footage shows a drunk stripper attempting to seduce an Ohio police officer calling him a handsome man and telling the cop to tase her because she likes it kinky. They're in a chaotic hit and run <laughs> hit and run arrest. The incident occurred in Brunswick, Ohio back in April. But an edited video documenting the wild traffic stop was released earlier this week, racking up more than a million views as of Friday. Boy, I wish I had a fucking body camera back in my cop days and social media. Grace Spoonamore. Now, that's the correct name. I want to know what nationality this is. S-P-O-O-N-A-M-O-R-E. And that might be her stage name, y'all. 20 was collared, no pun intended, on April 30th after the blue Buick Enclave. She was driving, crashed into another car, and took off in full view of a passing police officer. The cop followed the Buick, which was flagged for the owner having several felony warrants and cornered the vehicle next to a car dealership. In the officer's body cam video, Spoonamore, originally from Georgia, appears visibly drunk, slurs her words, and is often incoherent. And in a kinky crimes first, we have a clip of this kinky crime. So if you're curious how the exchange went, here it is and what it sounded like. Get on me like that. Morning, six out quarters. It's a female. All right, step out. A white female. Get your leg in the car. Listen, handsome man. Get your leg in the car. You feel some type of way because my leg ain't in the car? Get your foot in the car. Just stop. Can I take it off? No, leave it on. And I am. Leave it on. Grace, just stop. You want to taste me? No. Do it. Stay in the I blue like box. It. I like it kinky. Stay in the blue box, Grace. Don't. Stay in the blue box. Step back. Just stay in that blue box. No. Look. No. No. Yes. Get in the Don't car. So, to recap this for you, just in case you missed it, 
As you heard, the officer orders the woman out of the car so he can handcuff her. When the arresting cop asks if she has anything on her, Spoonamore sporting ripped jeans and a blouse, exposing her midriff, giggles and suggestively says to the cop, search me real quick. (laughs) Spoonamore initially denies drinking and driving, but later admits to downing two doubles of Patron, that's some Mike's Ago shit, tequila over dinner at a friend's house. But when another officer later quizzes Spoonamore about her alcohol and takes the 20-year-old admits to having three doubles of tequila. Spoonamore tries to sweet-talk the first cop, calling him a handsome man, but the officer is unimpressed with her apparent seduction attempts and tells her to just stop. Why you got to be so demanding? The woman (laughs) whines and Spoonamore says in response. Spoonamore then asks the officer to fetch some items from her Buick before it is towed away including her new clothes and some Tupperware, which she says, got my steak in it with asparagus and mashed potatoes. I need that, <laughs> right? Oh, fuck. As the traffic stop continues, Spoonamore appeared to grow more agitated and less cooperative. When the officer asks the 20-year-old if she has insurance on in a car, she lashes out at him yelling, what do you think I am, some broke-ass hoe? <laughs> <laughs> she then vehemently refuses to take... Uh, to state her home address, even when threatened with a charge of destruction, and then claims that the arresting officer works as a bouncer at the club where she works as a stripper. Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure that, that part, the department doesn't allow that. When the cop asks, where's that? Spoonamore bristles at the inquiry and says, don't play dumb with me. Don't play me like that. <laughs> as she's being transported to jail, Spoonamore tries to engage the officer in, in, in the driver's seat, it's a small talk before the exchange takes a cringy turn with the woman telling the cop, I'll piss in your face. Only if you like it, though. That's the only question. Do you like it? <laughs> After yelling and ranting some more, Spoonmore's brought into jail where she reveals that she had peed all over herself while in the back of a patrol car. Oh, my mm, gosh. That used to piss me off. Literally. <laughs> you hurt her, and I quote, you want to tase me? Do it. Do it. I like it. Kinky. Well, Miss Drunk Stripper Badge Bunny, we do too. And if, <laughs> if you're curious about the video version, we'll post on Facebook uh, at the Real Life Real Crime Daily page, and that's your Kinky Crime. Oh for my Wednesday. God, Jim Chapman, funny Kinky yeah. Lady, Kinky Crime. She likes I, it. Okay. Kinky. I taser. I piss, a, taser stripper, a stripper no. driving a Buick that has Tupperware filled with the night's meal. That's so. She was at somebody's house turning. Strippers don't drive Buicks. Like, come on over, Mama. I'll leave you a check on the counter, like Jerry Springer. I'll leave you a check on the counter. I'll feed you a steak. And that was like the biggest Buick they made. You can't get respect as a stripper if you're driving a Buick. I just think that's enclaves are pretty nice. I know. They're not very nice. They're expensive. And she was only 20. It's weird. Uh, The Buick's a weird thing. I'm sure she'll have a long and distinguished. That's right. She we're going to post, oh, we'll post the like it kinky and she got it. Kinky. We'll post the full version on the Facebook so you can see, you see, yep. you can hear it all. Oh, here it comes. Banjo time. Oh, I love the banjos. Miss the banjos. A lot of Florida this episode. Here it comes. So let's keep it going. It's not Florida unless it's Pinellas County. That's right. Somebody in Pinellas County. Tell those people down there to reach out to us. <laughs> <laughs> this just might be a Pinellas story. A Plant City, Florida man 
was arrested on Sunday after leading law enforcement officials on a high-speed chase during the overnight hours. Right. The man's vehicle of choice, a motorcycle with a fake license plate that read simply McLovin. Yes. McLovin? McLovin. McLovin? McLovin. Like McLovin? The, like the movie. Like they love you. Movie I reference play. for 50 guys. I think we got Woody. What movie? Super bad. Come on. No. McLovin? I don't know. Wow. Woody hasn't done super bad. Oh, you'd love it. That's oh, a I'm must I'm watch for you, out. Woody. I'll check it out. Thirty-year-old Jesse Rivera was seen weaving in and out of cars on his motorcycle at a speed above 110 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone at wow. about 12:15 in the morning on Sunday. The motorcycle, as I said, had a fake State of Hawaii McLovin tag. The tag. Is a reference to the movie Superbad, which we said. In the movie, one character has a fake ID from Hawaii with that name, and it's a big part of the movie. A Florida Highway Patrol trooper pulled behind Rivera and turned on the patrol's lights and sirens, but when Rivera turned around and saw a trooper was behind him, he allegedly started to speed away. The trooper reportedly turned off his lights and sirens and observed the motorist from a distance. While watching from afar, the police officer from St. Pete Police Department and another uh, officer from the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office attempted to conduct uh, traffic stops and Rivera uh, raced through the traffic stops. Still watching from a distance, the trooper reportedly said Rivera crossed the Gandy Bridge at about 15 miles per hour over the speed limit before exiting the bridge and making a series of turns until he was stopped at the intersection of State Road 60 and 50th Street. Rivera then reportedly turned and saw the trooper and then attempted to kick his bike into gear. Uh, But he slipped a gear instead and stalled out the engine. There you go. He then tried to get the motorcycle back in gear to no avail as the cops were on him. So Mr. Rivera, a.k.a. McLovin, is going to a Pinellas County jail. So he made where they play the banjos often. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. That and the harmonica. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah. This day in true crime history, November 8th. And we actually have some interesting ones for you today. We're going to go back to 1887. An American dentist and poker player and Sometime outlaw Doc, Doc Holliday, Holliday. I knew you were say died of tuberculosis in a sanitarium in Glenwood Springs, yep. Colorado. Yep. And if any fan be, of Tombstone I'll is a fan of Doc Holliday's, I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll be your Huckleberry. I got two guns, one for each of you. Right. I'm saying yeah. double. Yeah. So in 1974. Police got their first major break in the Ted Bundy serial killer case mm-hmm. as he slips up attempting to kidnap a woman named Carol DeRanche. I, I met her. Really? She's she's one of the only living victims. I met her uh, in 2019 at CrimeCon in New Orleans. Interesting. Yep. Well, uh in 1999, if, if she was the right one, I'm sorry, I'm bad with names, but I think she was the only one to survive. I'm sorry, guy. In 1999, Bruce Miller is killed at his junkyard near Flint, Michigan. His wife Cherie Miller, who convinced her online lover Jerry Cassidy to kill him, before this. later killing himself, was convicted of the crime in what became known as the world's first 
internet murder. I saw that. Mm. I saw something on that a long time ago. Right? Yeah. Right so there. that was November 8th in True Crime. True Crime. Wait, so so Doc Holliday? First of all, I didn't know they had sort of retirement homes in 1887. Yeah, but he, he had TB. He was in bad. a sanitarium. And so they sent him to the sanitarium because they said the air there was better. Mm. And Wyatt Earp visited him one last time while he was there, right before he died. And, and his, they, he said, I want to dive with my boots on. And his wife wasn't wearing a bustle. That's right. You know, I read something about the battle at the OK Corral a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago mm-hmm. that it, they were six feet apart. Yep. And and if you ever get in a gunfight, that's probably, well, I can't say that's probably as close. You, you want to be, I want to be close. Yeah. Because I'm going to kill you. See, I would, think, I would think you would want, with your skills, You'd rather be farther apart because at six feet, I can even hit you. Yeah, but at six feet, I can I can draw faster and kill you. Mm, okay. Say when. Okay. Say when. Say when. And then you got to remember, at six feet, one uh, was it? One of them had a double barrel, double barrel shotgun. I'll say. Yeah, Doc did. Doc did. Yeah, remember, he kicked his off his his duster. Right. <coughs> oh, sorry. Boom we digress. Half. We're going to reenact the whole Tuesday <laughs> for you on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, I do have a couple. Actually, I want to say thank you naturally, like I always do to everybody. Look, last week we had uh, some hiccups, even though it was our first week back in the studio. We're back in the studio. You know, the chemistry's there. It's all fire, but we had a couple channels, not our own fault, that we didn't even know weren't working, and y'all kept messaging um, saying, where's the stories at? Where's the stories yes. at? If that ever happens again, uh, just let us know as soon as possible. It shouldn't happen again, but if it does, we, of course, we want to deliver the best content in the world to y'all. Um, and remember, the original Real Life Real Crimes drop on Tuesdays. For those of you who are not fans of The Daily Show or fans of The Daily Show, but you're worrying about the original because I get messages every single day. I want to just... Uh, do a quick shout out to the board and say thank you for hearing my appeal and reinstating Woody, even though that wasn't what you guys wanted to do. It was Just certainly so in the know. best interest of the show, and I appreciate the board's Just y'all, flexibility. There. So y'all know Swim, someone who isn't me, killed all the board members. <laughs> no, that's not And there is no more board. It's not true. There's no more board. Can't kill a board. All right, until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily, peace. Peace. Aglets. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.